Hey everyone, live from New York City, I'm Jay Dombeck and this is Sports In Depth. Hey folks, JD here, another episode of Sports In Depth and I'm really excited. I'm in the studio late Monday night. I can't wait for y'all to listen on Tuesday. Um, I wanted to start with something in particular uh, before I jump into Sunday and Monday and Thursday night's games. I wanted to talk a little bit about the coaching style and how that fits with a particular player. So guys, there's a difference between a player's coach and a disciplinary coach. When I talk player's coach, I talk Bruce Arians. I talk Rex Ryan. Um, When I talk disciplinary, the Nick Sabans, the Bill Belichicks of the world. Sean McVay and Pete Carroll happen to go in their own category because they are energy coaches that also hold their players accountable. But what goes on in Tampa Bay is going on because of Tom Brady. Bruce Arians, he's a guy when your players make a mistake, you have to make it again for him to really get on you. The Belichicks of the world, guess what Bill does, folks? He might cut you for that one mistake. And that's why Tom Brady works with a player's coach like B.A. Because Brady holds his teammates and everyone in that locker room accountable. That's because he grew up and became a great football player under Bill Belichick, knowing that when you put me on the field, I'm not going to give you a reason to take me off. I really, really see how it works. Um, Tom Brady is the one guy who can handle that kind of coach. I don't even think the Aaron Rodgers of the world could handle that because he's also a head case. And Tom Brady stays grounded. He stays level. He stays true to who he is. That's a big thing in the National Football League and across all sports here today, folks. I I wanted to dive into that because a player's coach works with a quarterback such as Tom Brady, such as Drew Brees. When it comes to those greats, you know, if, if you have an undisciplined quarterback, we've seen guys, Bruce Arians, struggle with mediocre to solid quarterbacks because he's a player's coach. You know, the quarterback took that for granted, said, my coach is cool, I'm good. Brady doesn't use that to his benefit. He uses that and says, I have to show my leadership on and off the field. I have to show all these guys what it takes to win and how you stay winning and build a dynasty. You know, it's not a coincidence under a Tom Brady team after he wins the Super Bowl with the Bucs, brings everyone back on the offensive and defensive side of the football. So I just wanted to preach that here today, folks. You know, a player's coach in today's game and in the history of the game works with a disciplined star player that commands a locker room. So I hope everyone enjoyed that here for you tonight. Let's dive into the games and what I thought. First of all, shout out the kickers on Sunday and on Monday night because we're covering some onside kicks this weekend. Justin Tucker in the Ravens game, in the Chicago Bears game on Sunday night, and here on Monday night when I record, right before when I'm watching the game, you know, the Cardinals kicker, guess what he does? Gives Kyler Murray another chance at it. Yes, the Arizona Cardinals lost the football game and the other two teams lost as well because the onside kick happened to be too late. 
But can I dive into a few things here, folks? I want to talk about the LA Rams and how Matthew Stafford plays. If he plays like he did on Monday Night Football, he has a real chance at the whole thing, guys. Matthew was 23 for 30. 287 yards and three TDs. He did not turn the ball over. He did not put the football on the deck, as I say. And that's big. No fumbles, no interceptions. That's how you play clean football. That's how you win on the road in a hostile environment. That is how you knock off the NFC's best team based on their record. Uh, not the best team in the NFC, I'll clarify that. The Arizona Cardinals were never the best team in the NFC, even though their record showed that. And I'll tell you why. Kyler Murray, two interceptions tonight, and he could have thrown way more, a few more, two or three more. Um, he does not make great decisions. Kyler Murray has had a great year, but I have a big problem with him, his pocket awareness, and in the direction he throws the football. First of all, mental mistakes are also a big part of what Kyler Murray does. I thought he should have spiked the football down the stretch here on Monday Night Football, but he didn't. Clock was winding, ended up not being enough time. In the end of the first half, folks, his clock management was poor. He didn't get out of bounds till one second. Cardinals were lucky to kick that field goal. I mean, all of that, you know, Kyler has weapons at the receiver spot. He has a good back. And guess what? His O-line is pretty good as well. But stopping Aaron Donald and those boys up front is a tough task. And the Cardinals O-line was not ready for that kind of pressure. All my buddies were talking Rams, Cardinals, and Rams earlier in the day. No Jalen Ramsey. No Tyler Higby, their tight end, of course. And uh, Rams still came out with a lot of firepower, folks. I'm impressed. I know a few weeks on this show I've been saying Rams this, Rams that. Matthew Stafford has to stay true to making good decisions on the football field. I think him and Sean McVay went over it. Because the Rams have a few losses this year that I would put on Matthew Stafford's shoulders. And Matthew is a player and person that will hold himself accountable as well. That's what I love about Matthew Stafford. He, as well as his coaching staff, wants to get better week to week. And I thought the LA Rams played a good football game. After the three points the Cardinals put up, Rams were in control the rest of the ball game. I'm not sure if I see the Rams or the Cardinals coming out of the NFC with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady knocking at the door, but I must say I give them a chance if they play turnover-free football come the postseason. Transitioning over too little too late is what I want to call the Steelers' performance on Thursday night football. Yes, they dropped 28 in the second half. But what did you do in the first half? Zero. Goose egg. The Steelers gotta play good football. Big Ben can't play comeback in the second half. You'll always fall short, especially against a good run game like the Minnesota Vikings have with Dalvin Cook. I mean, he just had a performance where it's like, you're the man, Dalvin. You know why? 27 carries, 205 yards and two TDs. He is straight up big time. We know I like Dalvin since he was in college. Kirk Cousins, because they had such a big lead in this ball game, folks, he was able to throw two picks, but against a good team, against a team that doesn't put the football on the deck, put it on the turf, it's loose, they're going to struggle. 
So Kirk has to clean it up. He's had a good season. I really must say that Kirk's been solid. But I always want to say, when it comes to Kirk Cousins, how are you going to do from December to February? That is the true test in the National Football League. Hall of Famers aren't known for great regular seasons. They are known for championships. And I must say that. On Sunday, the Bills, great comeback, but they came up short. And with Tom Brady, you know, if you're in too big of a hole and the hole was pretty big, 24 to 3, you know, climbing all the way back, it's going to be tough. Bills forced the game to overtime. I want to talk about a few things in this ball game that Sean McDermott is not on my good side, folks. Guess why? It's because Sean McDermott didn't go for it in the end of regulation. Fourth and two, you got to go QB draw with Josh Allen. You know, a few yards till you get in. He elected to choose the weak move, in my opinion. Take three, go to overtime. Take three and go to overtime against the GOAT, Tom Brady. No, if you're going to win this game, you're going to win it now. On fourth and two with Josh Allen, the way he's running in this particular football game, that gave you the best chance. I'm passionate about that. I think the Bills were scarred earlier this year when they went for it against the Tennessee Titans and lost the football game. But this is a different football game. You got to coach football week to week. You can't remember about the past game in the current game. And Sean McDermott. Ah, this one's on you, because I thought Josh Allen played great football. He passed for 308 yards, and guess what he did on the ground? Josh Allen rushed for 109 yards. He had a great football game for Sean McDermott not to go for it there. I thought the Bills' best chance of winning, I may repeat, was going for it on 4th and 2, manning up for that moment. Tom Brady overtime with Buxty getting a stop and giving it to him. We know Perriman is the man. I love Brashard. I love BP and the way he plays the great game of football. But Tom Brady put it in a spot where only he could catch and run. And that's why Tom's the GOAT. He sets up his teammates for success. I think the Bucks are going in a promising direction. You guys know I love using the word promising with the greatest in each sport, and the Bucks simply are. They are 10-3. and three. They clinched the division with a win next week against the New Orleans Saints, and it's big time. It really is Tom Brady. You know, he's the favorite in league MVP right now, folks. He's 44. Whatever Alex Guerrero is telling Brady to do, I want to do. I mean, it's just terrific, you know, for the human body, for Tom Brady to defeat Father Time. You can't write it any better than that. And Tom Brady, year after year, week after week, still amazes me. He amazes my father and he amazes everyone. The rest of the games were only okay. On Sunday, I'll touch upon the Bengal Niner game. I thought it was crucial for the 49ers to win on the road in OT. I thought it was awesome. Jimmy G and Joe Burrow both played well. It was really about turnovers in this football game. And the story's Jamar Chase, simply what he's doing. I want to shout out, though, guys, George Kittle, the tight end for the Niners. In my opinion, that is the second best tight end in football right now after Travis Kelsey. 
George Kittle had an awesome game on the road, and he made some tough plays, tough catches. 13 receptions, 151 yards in a TD. Dude, that's awesome. The Bengals are a good, good football team. We know the Baltimore Ravens are pounding their fists with a Cincy loss, especially with Lamar Hurt, and we'll see what's going to happen in the future for him. Cincy will be just fine, but I thought that's a game they got to take care of at home. A tight matchup, a pick 'em game. Bengals got to get it done, and it all starts with their special teams and their defense. Joey and Jamar are going to do their thing. Is the defense going to make stops? And that wasn't seen so much on Sunday, folks. And yeah, just wrapping up here tonight, uh, we're around the holiday season. Steph Curry might make history on our release day, Tuesday, Tuesday night in the Garden. He's going for most three-point field goals all time to pass the great Ray Allen. I cannot wait. I'll be watching that on TNT. I'll be watching pregame, postgame. You know I love my boys, Kenny, Shaq, Chuck, and Ernie. Great pregame and postgame analysis. I'm just really excited. Everyone have a wonderful week. And uh, shout out the NFL. We're coming towards Christmas. And football really matters. Love y'all. Fans have been showing up. See everyone next week. J.D. out. Out.